You may have a seat. God is good all the time. God is good all the time. I know that when we say that, we believe it, but also it's uh, stalling so that I can adjust my stand and get ready. Uh, but just a word on uh, Renew Kids and Youngsters. Um, at any time, they could go down and, and be with the Kids Church or with the Middlers, but they, they're also welcome here in the sanctuary. Kids are welcome here at any time. We have a table back there. Um, we welcome interruptions and sound in our sanctuary um, because we believe that the kids are the church, our children are the church, not just the church in waiting, but um, God is developing and growing our children and surrounding um, our children with a village of people to invest in them. And, um, and we love having our kids in worship with us. Amen? Yes. So we are continuing in our, our series, One Anothering. I think it's called One Anothering. And that's uh, based on a hundred times in the New Testament when one another, one another um, is written as exhor exhortation to the body of Christ. And I think 46 different distinct exhortations. And so we've been um, choosing a few of those. And if you can hit the next slide. And today we are talking about uh, the next slide forward. Do I have that? Singing to one another. I know uh, our particular scripture has speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. But I just think, do you speak to one another with spiritual songs? I think we sing to one another. Um, and psalms and hymns are things that we sing. They were written, the psalms in the Bible were written um, oftentimes for choirs and to be sung um, before the temple. And so I'm going to say, let's sing to one another, another being the operative phrase with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. But as I was reflecting on uh, this topic, this theme, this uh, sermon, I started to think back to how I often feel at church or how I felt at church growing up. Is it a little weird that we sing aloud together in church? Anyone ever think that? Like, in what context do we sing the same song all together and clap together and out loud together, right? It's kind of, if you think about it, it's weird. It's weird. And if you were, you know, a non, you didn't grow up in the church, you have no context of church, and you walked into our service today, man, they're singing these songs I've never heard of, and they're clapping, right? And, and we're even singing, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, how do you spell that, <laughs> right? We couldn't make a slide for it because we didn't know how to spell it, right? Like, what is oh, whoa, whoa, whoa? Why do we sing songs in church? Why do we sing out loud in church? Why do we sing in unison in church? And reflecting on this, I started to think about context in our culture, in our society, where we hear people singing together out loud. Maybe at concerts, right? You go to a concert, we, you know the song, everyone sings together out loud. 
Sometimes around campfires, someone brings a guitar and you're like, campfires, right? Um, fight songs, yesterday was Saturday, so it was college football. Fight songs during collegiate sporting events. We, people sing together. Um, I was in a fraternity in college. Usually when people are inebriated, they might sing together at a party. And then also there are certain songs that just elicit communal spontaneous singing. You know what I'm talking about? So I looked up, uh, you know, the top songs that elicit spontaneous singing in unison out loud. So I'm gonna see, I'm gonna see if you can uh, kind of finish, I'm gonna start singing it and you guys finish after me. When you call my name, it's like a little prayer. I'm down on knees, I wanna take you there. Like a prayer, Madonna, right? How about, uh, if I go, sweet Caroline, yeah, there we go, <laughs> you know it, these are songs, how about, and forgive me for my voice, whoa, we're halfway there, whoa. Okay, maybe we're dating ourselves. Good thing the youth, not many youth are here today. Uh, uh, there's other songs like, uh, first I was afraid, I was. <laughs> so I will survive, Gloria Gaynor. And I wanna dance with somebody. Oh, can we say that in church? <laughs> uh, yeah, so you get my point. Running just as fast as I can. Hooked onto one another's hand. Trying to get away into the night. And then you put your arms around me and we stumble to the ground. And then you say, I think we're alone now. There doesn't seem to be. And finally, don't stop leaving. Something, 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 something. So uh, that makes my point. There are few contexts in our culture where you'll hear spontaneous, out loud singing all together from people. Um, but it's it's kind of strange. You wouldn't just start singing in your workplace. Maybe some of you do in some of your workplace. You would just start singing in your workplace and other people would join in with you. Um, with you're weird or you're, you're not, you know, it's kind of off-putting and strange. Um, but we sing in church together and actually uh, the church and before that the temple sang songs, psalms and hymns um, and spiritual in context, and why? Why? And I think one, music is really powerful, right? We, I mean, it's hard to find someone who doesn't like music or some form of music, 
but music is one of those things kind of like nature. When you listen to it you, and you're moved by music, it inspires you. And there are times when you're like, there is a God, right? Even if you aren't you know, a churchgoer, even if you aren't a uh, Jesus follower, you listen to music or you see and hear uh, clearly gifted musicians playing or singing, playing an instrument, and you're like, God, there is a God who gifts people. Or you hear about just prodigies, a five-year-old that just plays the guitar like crazy, or like Beethoven, who, you know, was composing um, symphonies when he was the age of a really, really young age, and you're like, or you're in a church, you know, a gospel church where a five-year-old picks up drumsticks and starts drumming. You're like, this is amazing. There is a God, and music is one of the languages he's given us to encourage us, to help us to celebrate, to uh, meet us in our sadness, to put name and language to our experiences. Uh, If you're in high school, it's like, that boy, that girl, or breaking up is so hard to do. Um, But it's inspiring. And so that's the first thing is if music comes from God, right? Shouldn't God's people be about music, right? Shouldn't God's people sing? Um, That's one. The second thing is, you know, sing together in church and some people clap and, you know, you can choose to clap or not. Maybe some of us are like, that's kind of cheesy to clap. Uh, Sometimes we have whole conflicts that split the church, right, culturally. Like, I clap on the one and the three. No, you're supposed to clap on the two and the four. And they're like, we have these worship wars. And they're literally in church. There have been worship wars over music, over instruments, right? Hymns, right? And then in the, in the maybe 70s, 80s, you know, vineyard worship started coming out and people started playing the guitar and singing, you know, praise songs. And it was like, oh. And so churches were like, how do we figure this out? Let's have multiple services where, you know, there's a morning service, contemporary traditional service with hymns. There's an afternoon service with contemporary songs, you know, praise songs, and let's do it that way rather than the church split. Or uh, there's many battles that have happened over what type of worship music. And so I think this goes towards another reason why there are so many different churches, that churches are so segregated. because of our preferences. And music is one place where our preferences are exhibited. You may have a preference for hymns. You may have a preference uh, uh, for praise songs. You may love the organ. You may hate that there's an electric guitar. Sorry, Mark. Or drums. The drums are way too loud. The music is way too loud. And so this, like many other things, including preaching style, right? Pews or chairs, right? You know, in our ongoing debate over pews and chairs, 
We're just not stepping into conflict here. We'll, we're going to have both, right? But in this ongoing debate, I think people are actually preferring pews, right? But I think some of us, yeah, there's some of us that, I won't say what I prefer, but um, pews and chairs. It surprises me how many people sit in pews, but when I thought about it, families like to sit in pews because you can sprawl out as one family. Um, maybe the chairs are too close together, so you don't, you know, you want a little space. Um, anyways, that's a tangent. Um, but preferences, preferences, right? Even, you know, how preaching style is this a exegetical? Does he? Is he an exegetical preacher that goes verse by verse, breaking down verse by verse? Is he a topical, happy preacher that talks about life and practical things? Um, what kind of preaching style? Is it a modern day, you know, sanctuary, or is it, uh, you know, kind of what we've got here, like an older 80s style sanctuary that we're trying to morph into something contemporary? Like, what, what is it? What are our or serve to um, feed into that individualism that's rampant through the American church, the individualism that says, I'm a consumer, and I am going to have it my way, right? Like Burger King says, I am going to choose my music. I'm going to choose what kind of chair I sit in. I'm going to choose what kind of preaching I listen to. I'm going to choose what kind of programs. I'm going to choose the size of my church rather than thinking about what are we doing when we come together and worship? How am I shaped by the other? How am I formed in community, in a group of people? How, are my, how, is I, how does iron sharpen iron? What does it sound like when voices harmonize and lift up to the Lord? Or... What does it mean when everyone's lifting their hands and I don't feel like it today? And I read, you know, I sing the lyrics and the song and it just doesn't resonate with me. I just don't believe it today. I'm just not feeling it today. I don't want to sing for joy. I'm not here to meet with you, Lord. Don't meet with me. (laughs) Go away from me. And yet, as people sing, as people rise, as people lift their voices, something may happen. Our, our mood may change. Our spirit may change. And as I lift my hands, maybe I didn't feel it while I was lifting my hands, but because I was compelled in community, I began to feel my praise, right, coming out of me. I began to feel my mood shift. And so that's another piece of that. When we sing, when we worship in song and in unison out loud, we're doing it together as one. As one, like many voices, the diversity lifting up one sound, um, we may look at conformity as something negative, right? As radical individualism. Conformity? Right? That's like the exact opposite of what 
I stand for my rights, my prerogative, my independence. But sometimes we are much, right? Three chords together is much stronger. And synergy is what, right? Different parts coming together, the parts, the whole becomes more powerful or something more than the individual parts. And we have to know that when we come together as one, we're much stronger than we are alone. And in hearing other people's voices, seeing these praises, seeing the truths about Jesus, seeing the truths about God, seeing truths from Scripture. Many songs that we sing are from the Psalms, are from the Scriptures. We're reminded of the overarching story, the great love story of God. We're reminded of the story, and we are placed in the middle right into that story and and we're led to reflect upon um our place in that story how is god speaking to me right now how am i in that great story are you with me church um so did i read the passage (laughs) we're in ephesians 5 through 20, and I'm reading in the Common English Bible, plus one little shift in word, Uh, but I'll start in verse 18. Actually, I'm going to start from 15 and read through 20. So be careful to live your life wisely, not foolishly. Take advantage of every opportunity, because these are evil times. Because of this, don't be ignorant, but understand the Lord's will. Don't get drunk on wine which produces depravity. Instead, be filled with the Spirit in the following ways. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music to the Lord in your hearts. Always give thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music to the Lord in your hearts. So our little one another, sing to one another, was, I'm just going to replace speak with sing. Sing to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Uh, that comes in a section beginning in verse 15 um, that starts with live your life wisely. And when you hear and read live your life wisely, you immediately Um, can glean or understand that this is a part, this exhortation borrows from the wisdom tradition, like the Proverbs, right? Wisdom tradition um, that teaches how to live life wisely. Do this, don't do that. Um, And the writer here says, for these are evil times. This is how you need to live wisely and not foolishly. Because these are evil times. And if we go back in Ephesians, uh, Ephesians 2, Paul talks about how the days are evil. And he warns against following the rules of the power of the air, right? The, the principalities, right? But we are also told that evil doesn't have the day in the end, right? That God has a purpose, that God has a vision, God is on a mission. There's a telos, which is a fancy word for a plan, a purpose, the end game. 
um, God's telos is to bring all things together through Christ. Evil won't win, but in the end, um, all things are going to come together and be renewed in Jesus Christ. And this is the Christian hope. This is what we believe and this is what we look forward to, the Christian hope that even though things may be terrible around us, there may be darkness all around, sickness, Ill, illness, people falling left and right, right? Global pandemics, people being selfish, injustices, wars, whole nations being wiped out. Our Christian hope is that God is working to make things new and to bring all things together. And we, the church, are Christ's counter-community, right? We're witnesses to the great riches, the great inheritance that we have, the promises that God is bringing. So Paul's exhortation or challenge to is, wake up! <laughs> I almost wanted to say, wake up! <laughs> Wake up. Don't be lulled to sleep by the times, but be alert to God's will. Be alert to God's will. Be sober. And maybe even literally sober, right? Don't be, uh, don't get drunk on wine. Don't be taken out by the spirit of the age, by the darkness of the times, via drunkenness, but instead be filled by and under the influence of the spirit. Don't be under the, inf don't drive and live under the influence of alcohol, but be filled and under the influence of the spirit. So what does it mean to live under the influence, right? What do we do? And he literally says, instead, be filled with the Spirit in the following ways. What following ways? He says, following ways, colon. Speak to one another, sing to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music to the Lord in your hearts. Give thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. When I was a freshman in college, uh, I had a nemesis. Another guy. Because, you know, when I was a freshman, I was just all about possibilities with, you know, girls, right? <laughs> and this guy was my nemesis because he'd always go into the main lounge of the, you know, he knew how to play piano and sing, right? And when my parents told me how to, said, take piano lessons, I did it for like two weeks and I quit, right? And I regretted it because this guy, you know, played piano, and all the people would be in the lounge, all the girls would surround him, and he'd break out into Disney songs, right? A whole new world, or whatever the song was, right? And uh, they would all break out together in song and singing, and I'd be like, ah, just the competitive part of me, like, okay, whatever. Um, I lost my train of thought. 
<laughs> um, my train of thought. But this is, we're supposed to, I mean, it kind of seems cheesy, right? These verses, right? This is how you live in the spirit in the following ways. Turn to one another and speak to each other with psalms, right? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. <laughs> right? Sing to each other. I sing praise to God. I give thanks to God because of you. Oh. Right? In our cynical world, I look at this and say, this what is Paul talking about? Like, we are literally supposed to sing to one another and speak psalms to one another? That doesn't make sense. Um, but as I was thinking about this, um, one, is it that we sing songs? We do these, we sing psalms and speak psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to one another. Then the Spirit fills us. Or are we filled by the Spirit which leads us to sing songs to one another? Right? And sometimes, you know, I dabble in poetry. I used to, I do still write poetry. And it's, I find it harder to write poetry when I'm doing well. Right? Sometimes it's easier to write things when we're in angst, right? We have the like tragedy or feeling sad and we want to It's harder to write when you're, when good news without feeling like what? It's cheesy, right? And so that question, proceed the egg or the egg proceed the chicken? Are we moved by the spirit to sing? And that's a natural outpouring of the joy or the lament, or the mourning, or the sadness, or the praise, or the truths that we are feeling? Or do we go through the motions of singing, and praising, and clapping, and reciting, doing communal scriptures, reading scripture out loud together? Why do we do these things? What is the liturgy and the songs of the church all about? Are we just going through these rote, you know, just repetition, routines, just so we can fill the time just because we have used planning center and that's, you know, how we fill the template. And I think it's both and, right? I think it's both and. In singing together, we lift each other up. And if you're lagging behind and you're not feeling it, we're lifted because we hear the sounds, we hear the words being spoken by the people around us. Right? And the Spirit comes. The Spirit tends to come in communal situations, in community. That, that is like our key mistake in the Western church that we think our faith should be privatized. Right? We think the Holy Spirit, and if the Holy Spirit comes, right, when we are alone. In our, in our private times. But we think if we go in our private rooms and we pray and we pray and we say, God, 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 that we'll learn about our, you know, our private agendas, our questions will be revealed, right? Our projects, God will answer the questions to our projects and our mission and 
And quite frankly, when you see the Spirit moving and filling people in Scripture, it's when they're gathered together, like at Pentecost, gathered together as a body, right? Gathered together so that, because God speaks to us, Udi. And I don't know how to, like, grind that in. It's, like, completely countercultural, I think, when we really think about it, to our approach to spirituality and faith. Like, the whole idea that your faith can't be strengthened unless you, you're walking with people beside you. Right? Like, I'm the type of person that likes to do things alone. Right? And, you know, when I work out, I want to work out alone. I don't want to ask for anyone to spot me. I just want to work out alone. I want to do that project alone. I don't want to ask for help. And Janice is always like, ask for help, ask for help, ask for help. I'm like, I'm doing it myself. Right? But it's limiting, right? There are a lot of things you can't do by yourself. It's the same as the church. It's the same with our faith and walk. We are the church. We are usness. And when we sing together, when we read communal scripture together, when we recite the liturgy of the call to worship in unison, maybe you're not feeling it. But as our voices rise to God, one, God is glorified in that voice. And two, we are transformed by the Spirit in this place as we do it. Are you with me, church? Do you believe that, church? And this doesn't happen alone. That's why we sing to one another. That's why we're one anothering because it makes, that's what makes us radically different than the culture around us. And that's what this series is about. One anothering is about how we do this to, among one another, to one another, in the community of faith, in the church. It's one another. And in one anothering, we become the counter community that becomes salt and witness and light to the world out there, outside of these walls. Like I said last week, we, people look at us as we're one anothering and they're like, what are they doing? That should not happen. That's so strange. That's radically different. That's even ridiculous. Or when they see us clap and singing songs that they've never heard before, they're like, that's so weird. But then a piece of them, I believe, says, I want that. Like, that's meet something missing in my heart. I have a longing for community and belonging. I have a longing for togetherness that's not being fulfilled. And just like in Acts chapter 2 after Pentecost, some of the people were like, they must be drunk, right? And it's interesting that Paul here says, he, he compares it to being drunk on wine. Instead of getting drunk on wine, be drunk on the Holy Spirit, essentially. And you know what? People are going to think we're weird. But people are also going to be drawn to Jesus Christ when we sing aloud 
together. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the years and years and the cloud of witnesses and the gifted people who have composed and written songs of praise to you and the hymns and the liturgy and your scripture um, that have been passed from generation to generation and the traditions and um, just our rituals, uh, the liturgy of our church, that there's purpose in this. The purpose is to see you, um, to hear the truth of who you are, to give praise to you, but also to be uplifted by one another, encouraged by one another, comforted in our lament, um, and reminded uh, by the voices being lift up, lifted up, our own voice rising feebly and maybe with uncertainty up to you. But the more we sing, the more that we're empowered and filled by the gift of your spirit. Um, and as that happens, you change our hearts and you make us more like you and more one of one mind and spirit with one another. And that can be a really good thing and not a bad thing. Teach us in Jesus' name, amen.